that you want to try that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this, what is it, Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Logan Blackman. And good lordy, we had ourselves an exciting weekend in the world of sports. Pretty much every single major sport is back. And that is absolutely fantastic. Before we get into all of that stuff, let's go over the little side dishes before we get into the main courses of today's show. Uh, go follow the Logan Blackman on all forms of social media accounts. Uh, at the underscore LB underscore show. At Logan underscore Blackman. Those are the Twitter accounts. Instagram at the Logan Blackman show and Blackman Logan. Go follow and like the YouTube channel or YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go like the Facebook page. We are at 113 likes on the Facebook page. So make sure you go and smash that like button on the Facebook page. And I promise you, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, I will have a video out this week that isn't a podcast episode. I promise you, I was going to film a video today. I had it all lined up. I wrote the script. I even filmed parts of the video in my basement. But God said, Logan, there's going to be no video today because it's going to rain. And unfortunately, this video needs to take place outside. I will not explain what this video is going to be. But as I'm sitting here right now, I feel like it's going to be a very, very good video. At least we're... At least in my perspective, but I'm also very biased. And this the early stage of the video, writing the script. I think it'll be funny. Maybe it won't be funny. But I think at this point in time, it will be a nice video. So I hope all of you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and don't miss it. If not, I mean, I get why people aren't subscribed to the YouTube channel, I guess. There's like 96% of people that watch the YouTube channel aren't subscribed to it. But I get why, because of the fact that I tweet out the links to all the shows and all the YouTube channels anyways. It's like, hey, he's going to tweet it out anyways. It's not like I'm going to subscribe and miss it. Not If I don't subscribe, I'm going to miss an episode or something like that. He's going to tweet it out, so why do I need to descri- subscribe? And I'll describe why you need to do that, because since I almost messed up my words there. But... Yeah, I would recommend subscribing to it. There's like, literally, it's like 96% of people that watch that YouTube channel aren't subscribed to it. I took a screenshot of it and posted on Twitter and Facebook. I think I gained a grand total of one subscriber from posting that. <laughs> so I thank you to whoever subscribed to the YouTube channel on that. Now, talking about the YouTube channel, speaking of the YouTube channel, there will be no video this week. I'm recording this way later than what I had originally anticipated, and I'm not going to have time to fully edit a video. I might post the podcast in its entirety on YouTube, so if you want to go look at that, go right ahead, but there's no gonna, there's not going to be any visual effects or anything. I'm not going to be sitting in my recliner. There's not going to be anything on a green screen. Nothing this week, or the, uh, tomorrow, for Monday. No video on Monday. Sorry about that. If you enjoy watching the videos, I'm sorry, I'll still post the podcast on YouTube maybe if I get enough time to do it tomorrow, which I, I mean, I should, so I'm not really worried about that, but yeah, sorry about that. We've been really inconsistent with the video uploading because of work and uploading and recording these podcasts the night before, getting done with work later and not having enough time 
to edit the videos in the way I would like it to. So it's kind of a little of a rough edit more than a final cut type thing. Uh, it's, it's frustrating at times, but you know what? We just get it out there. I'm tired all the freaking time. And you know what? The grind never stops. So you can't afford to be tired. Because if you're tired and you don't want to do something, someone else is going to do it. But in this case, I honestly cannot make a video this week. I keep saying this week. For Monday, there will be no video Monday. Wednesday, there will be a video. There wasn't a video last Wednesday because we had some technical difficulties with iMovie. But thankfully, those got resolved by Friday. So there was a video up on Friday. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching it. It's a lot of uh, joking around about the new teams of sports. We talked about Charlotte FC and the MLS. We talked about the Seattle Kraken and the NHL and the Washington football team in the NFL. So we kind of just poked a little fun at all those teams. We made an NHL jersey tier list, which I didn't actually upload that on the YouTube channel or on the YouTube page because of the fact it's just me rambling. It's not really needed in the video. You can just look at the tier list itself and listen to the podcast and know what I'm talking about. But if you don't like it, me, listen, watching me do it is not going to help you if you don't like it. Maybe, maybe you'll understand it a little more, I guess. But I don't think there's anything really on there that could get you, Ugh, I'm so mad that he put them there. Maybe the Red Wings fans, but you know what? I don't care what the Red Wings fans think of the Logan Blackman show. Now, if they're fans of the Logan Blackman show, I love you. But in general, if you ain't, I'm sorry, Red Wings fans. I can't have that kind of stuff. I got friends that are Wild fans and Blues fans. I hate Blues fans. I hate the Blues. I hate the Wild. Sometimes you got to put those things aside because of your friends. I was actually at a friend's house on Saturday who was a big Wild fan. I went to William Penn with him. I We kind of talked about him joining the podcast for today, but never actually got anything set up. But more on my end, I didn't reach out to actually do anything on that part. But... You know what? Maybe we'll have it in the near future because he's wanting me to always talk about esports on the Logan Blackman show, but I've never just got I don't know enough about esports to really give a firm opinion on the matter. I got a few friends that are really into sport esports. Uh John Leo, the sports lion, who I did the show with up at with Gary Ryan at fifteen forty KXEL. He's really big into Call of Duty and streaming and that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's Again, I don't know anything about esports. Really, know the definite what is involved in esports. So, I maybe call is Call of Duty an esport? Is that I know Overwatch is so maybe Call of Duty, Call of Duty has to be because they have freaking teams and everything. But Zach, he does YouTube channels or YouTube videos, streams stuff on these all these different video games. He's really into esports. Him and my other roommate Kevin, and their roommate Dan, who replaced me at William Penn essentially. All in their esports. So Zach and Kevin will probably be on the podcast in the near future talking about esports. If you're sitting there like, ah, Logan, why don't you ever talk about esports? It makes me all upset. I'm not saying people that play esports talk like that. I'm just giving. I'm not. It's not me talking, okay? But if you're right, if you if you want me to talk about esports, I'll have to get some people on there. That's why I don't talk about UFC. I know diddly squat about the UFC. I have favorite fighters that I make connections, like Kamaru Usman. He went to William Penn for a year. His nickname to me is the Pride of Penn. Is it really? No. Does he care about William Penn? I highly doubt it. He wanted to do great things, I think, Nebraska Kearney. I don't really think he has anything to really say about William Penn University. But to me, he's the Pride of Penn. 
So he's my favorite UFC fighter. Alexander Gustafson, who I'm guessing fought last night or Saturday night. My friends were talking to me about it. He's Swedish. And in UFC 2, my friend Noah and I, and Stu, Stuart Waite, Aston Villa. We'll talk about Aston Villa in a little bit. He's a big Aston Villa fan, but again, we'll talk about them soon. We played UFC 2, the demo, all the time. And all you could play with was John's, John Jones and Alexander Gustafsson. I'm like, oh, this dude's Swedish? Yeah, I'm going to be a fan of him. So I was a fan of Kamaru Usman and Alexander Gustafsson and Tyrone Woodley because my football coach in high school was Brian Woodley. So I say, oh, is Brian Woodley fighting tonight? Which is Tyrone Woodley. Some people, if you don't get the jokes, don't understand why I like these guys because I remember my friend Spencer, who I've talked about doing this podcast with a couple times. He's like, are you like two of the most unlikable people in UFC? Not Gustafson, but... Kamaru Usman and Tyrone or Brian Woodley. I was like, I don't care. I love these guys. They're my favorite fighters of all time. I don't know. I don't really, I know nothing about UFC. We did a predictions thing. Not anything serious, but before uh, Usman fought Jorge Masvidal, I had a little brain fart there. I almost forgot who he fought. My friend Spe- Spencer, my other friend Brady, were like, you got to fill out a predictions thing they had UFC I guess post things on Instagram about like the the card and you gotta they take pictures and circle all the people people they thought sorry about that so there's about uh, how many fights were there five five or six fights I voted for the people I knew except for one because I didn't know who the two people were and there were two chicks I don't remember who their names were but I voted Paige Van Zant because she's my one of my celebrity girlfriends even though she's married or engaged, I think she's married. Yeah, but we're da- it's an on and off thing. You want to understand? I don't, I don't really know how to explain. It's hard being, it's hard keeping them, uh, staying out of the limelight when you have a relationship like that. With me having a world-renowned radio show host, being a world-renowned radio show host, and her fighting in the UFC, everybody recognizes you all the time. We like the privacy a little bit, so we like to keep the the relationship on the down low a little bit. I think Jose Aldo fought that night too, so I voted for him. Uh, Max Holloway fought that night, I think, so I voted for him too. And then the random girls that I don't know who they were. Uh, one looked like Eleven from Stranger Things. That's all I remember about it. And she won. And then Kamara Usman, the pride of Penn. So see, I don't know anything. about. I'm not going to even pretend I know anything about the UFC. I watch it because my friends watch it. I don't actively go out and watch the UFC. I really could care less about the UFC, if I'm being 100% honest. But I do it for the social atmosphere of it. My friends freaking love the UFC. We're in a Snapchat group. It's a bunch of friends that go to you and I that went to Johnston. And there are times, like last night, I went longboarding with my friend Chris downtown Des Moines last night. They're Snapchatting in that group about these UFC fights. I have no idea what's going on because I'm not watching them. But I'll watch them if they're having, like, if there's a big fight or something, I'll sit down with them and watch. I don't think I've ever once sat down by myself and watched a UFC fight. Not once. I think I might have watched Gustafson versus John Jones. I think it was number three, maybe. And then I fell asleep right before the end of the fight because I was so freaking tired. I've never, I, I just don't know anything about the UFC. I actually, and this is a little bad part on my end, I guess, but... I don't actively go and research it either. Other sports that I'm interested in, I'll go and actively research and what's going on so I'll have a little bit more of an opinion what's going on. UFC, I just make jokes the entire time. None of my, Nothing I say 
in the UFC should hold any weight or carry any weight whatsoever. Not at all. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. So if you hear me talking about the UFC, unless it's like years down the line and I'm like, I finally built up enough of a rep in UFC to actually talk about it, I will not pretend I know what I'm talking about in the UFC. If I do talk about the UFC, it's in a sarcastic tone because I do not know anything about it. I know who the good fighters are. Like, Spencer could rattle off any fighter from any year, like, oh, I remember when Chuck Liddell fought this guy and it was something big. I could do that with boxing to a, a little bit. I'm not the greatest historian when it comes to boxing, but I, I can hold my weight when it talk when I can talk boxing. I will actively watch boxing. I love watching boxing. Uh, Floyd Mayweather was on Dancing with the Stars when I was younger. That was when he's Pretty Boy Floyd before he was Floyd Money Mayweather. He's a little tiny kid. I think he was like he either was like not it was around the time he fought Canelo Alvarez. I love watching Canelo Alvarez. If you want to watch a technician, watch him or Lomachenko. Those two, whoo, those two are freaking insane. I loved Manny Pacquiao too growing up. Manny Pacquiao, when I was younger, was my favorite boxer. Loved Manny Pacquiao. So I developed not a hatred, but a dislike towards Floyd Mayweather because he's always, we always like, ah, he's running away from Manny, the Pac-Man. Like if you look, if you walked up to Manny and you didn't know who he was, like, oh, this looks like the nicest dude of all time. Actually, he'll beat your face in. Yeah, like that. He has so many things. Like Manny Pacquiao, great dude. From all, uh, from what I can tell, I don't know him personally. So I don't really know if he is or not, but from face value, he looks like a very, very genuine person. I love Manny Pacquiao. My favorite boxer at the moment is Terrence Crawford. Has been for some time now. I also like Mick Conlon, the Irish boxer. He's fighting coming he's fighting in the near future, if I'm not mistaken. Those are probably my two favorite fighters at the moment. I love Canelo Alvarez. Just how much of a technician. I love Tyson Fury. I really like Deontay Wilder. I do not care for Anthony Joshua. I don't. I've never really liked Anthony Joshua. I love Tyson Fury. I really like Deontay Wilder because Deontay Wilder is insane. Oh, jeez! I just gobbled up like a lot of Cheeto Cheez Its. I said Cheetos earlier when I was talking to my sister about this, but I ate Cheez Its really fast earlier. My diet today. I will stick my right hand up and swear Scouts honor on this. I have did not have the greatest diet the past two days. I guess last night I had a, uh, it wasn't great. I had cool basil, so I had Thai food, and then we had Urban Grill and I had Cavatelli there. This morning, um, well, not really this morning, but lunch I had Culver's. Dinner I had an Annie Ann's pretzel, and I just ate like I don't know fifty Cheez Its. With a Canada Dry, and now I've got a Gatorade Zero right in front of me with a glass of water. Like, I am not eating the healthiest today. Today is not one of my better days. If you want to talk about peak health, do not look towards Logan Blackman, host of Logan Blackman. So that's why I host a podcast and don't play professional sports. I talk about the people that play professional and collegiate sports and all that stuff. What were we even talking about? We were talking about Anthony Joshua. Then we went to Deontay Wilder. Oh, Deontay, how he's just 
I think this is what we were talking about. Maybe if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm just going on some random tangent right now. But you know what? This is what we do on the Logan Blackman show. We don't really have. There's no real point to this show today. We are literally. We've got sock a, a crap ton of soccer to talk about, and baseball too. Because I released my official MLB season predictions yesterday, so Saturday. I re- no Friday. I released them Friday night. I had a huge, not really huge, but a discussion with one of these guys, with a random guy on Twitter. Which I never know how these random people find these Twitter accounts when I didn't put any hashtags or anything on this post. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Also have. My MLS knockout stage predictions that I released on Saturday, which took me forever to get on Instagram for I don't know why. But Deontay Wilder, just so we can finish this talking point, because again, there's nothing really to talk. There's not it's not really a structured show today. We're just kinda rambling about anything. It's eight thirty right now and at night. Don't really have I mean I've been playing Lego Star Wars all day, so it went friends. I wasn't doing it by myself. I wasn't. I'm not that much of a loser. It's the Rogue One, or not Rogue One. Uh, the 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 Force Awakens one. It's decently fun, but you know, it they talk, and I don't like that. That's the that's what I loved about the Lego Star Wars games. They didn't talk. Kind of made it funnier. Now they're it's like watching the movie, but with little things added in, so it makes it really dumb. Like when Kylo Ren's torturing Poe, he tickles him, and it's, I don't I don't know. But Deontay Wilder, <laughs> I think I said but Deontay Wilder like four or five times. Now we'll go for six. But Deontay Wilder, like, he is not a technician at all. At all. But that dude, no matter what situation he's in, unless he's fighting the best heavyweight boxer on the planet in Tyson Fury, he can get out of any situation because he's got the most powerful right hook in the world. He throws these overhands all the freaking time. It's like just a windmill, pretty much. But when he connects, good lord, go and watch some Deontay Wilder's best knockouts. I don't remember what YouTube channel it is, but they post some before and after fighting Deontay Wilder. They do a lot of before and after fighting these people, and they're extremely awesome videos. I uh, very much recommend watching those videos because they're very entertaining and they're very informative as well. Watching these people talk loads of shit before a fight and then getting rocked. And seeing what they're like after they just got rocked. But Deontay Wilder's amazing. I don't know how he does it. Because dude's fighting people that are 50, sometimes 80, sometimes maybe even 100 pounds heavier than him. Less so 100 pounds, but very heavy guys. And he's knocking these guys out. His knockout record is freaking insane. Go look at that. He's got... Oh, crap. I haven't looked at his stats in a while. He's got... Oh, crap. He's got however many wins, one draw and one loss. And all of those, except for like the two draws and loss, obviously didn't get a knockout. And I think one of the wins, I think he has only three matches where he hasn't had a knockout. I think it might be all of his wins are knockouts, but I cannot remember that I'm blanking right now. It's, it's been a while since I've checked in on Deontay Wilder, but he's not a technician. But he's got an extremely powerful right hand. And he can't drop down a weight class because he's killing these dudes that are a lot heavier than him. Imagine what he would do to people that are less than him. Deontay Wilder and myself weigh about the same when he's like, he he walks around at I think 214. I weigh 212. Maybe he walks around at 220, but hey, that is barely like that's around eight pounds heavier than me. Well, not around. It is eight pounds heavier than me. 
I could not fight Deontay Wilder. No one that's my size should be fighting Deontay Wilder. Not a small person, but good lord, if you if anybody under if anybody below him catches that right hook, right overhand, whatever you want to call it, he'll kill you. Even with boxing gloves on. I don't even want to know what he does without boxing gloves on. It'd be freaking scary. But when you just get outboxed like you do against Tyson Fury, then losses are about to come. But that's just how that's how the greatness of Tyson Fury. We wrote a blog post on Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder and the unfinished business thing. Very cool stuff. I really recommend going checking that out. Yeah, it's a good blog. I think it was my second blog on my... or It might have been my first blog on my website when I updated it for like the third time. I've updated it like five or six times since then. But yeah, I would really recommend going that checking out that. Uh, at or not at. I'm used to saying for the social media accounts. TheLoganBlackmanShow.com. www.com loganblackmanshow.com http colon slash slash www.loganblackmanshow.com all of that great stuff go look at that click on the podcast link or the blogs link and you'll go look at all the blogs we have talked 21 minutes about nothing this show we have talked nothing for 21 minutes which is the beauty of having a podcast because you can literally do whatever you want no one's listening to this right now. I am literally talking to myself. And I'm talking about here and now. Maybe people are listening tomorrow or in the future. But here on July 26th at 8.36, I am talking to myself. And this is the pro- I couldn't get around this when I was a freshman. The signal tower at William Penn got damaged when I was a freshman or sophomore. I was like, I don't want to do my show. I want to do it live. But that was stupid of me because that tower only reached out in a five-mile radius. So no one's even listening to it anyways. And there's no live stream or anything. I didn't save any of those podcasts. I had so many shows. Now, they weren't good. So I'm kind of glad I didn't have any of those podcasts. But, heck, it would have been nice to listen. No, it wouldn't have been nice. I've heard my old intros before, and they were god-awful. Not intros, but, like, radio spots. Oh, goodness gracious. I, that's on an old SoundCloud. Like, there's some old stuff there. First interview was in my freshman year. Those were interviewing my football coach, Todd Hafner. One of the greatest dudes I've ever met in my entire life. It was a great interview. At least I think it was. I was so nervous. My first ever interview on my radio show. I'd done interviews before because I did Dragon TV in high school. We did like live, or not live, but we did, uh, we produced shows for Dragon TV, which is like a school TV show, I guess. So I did interviews like, they weren't hard. But live interviews just hit different. I don't know why. I just get nervous now because now I'm getting to the point where I'm interviewing actual college athletes, like interviewing Will, yeah, Austin Fife, Taylor Luant. These guys are freaking studs on the University of Northern Iowa campus. Heck, I was just at Annie Ann's when we were talking about getting the pretzel. So these two kids were talking to the guy at the cashier. He was talking to the cashier about Will McIlvain. And I've interviewed him. I practiced with Will, not in, not now, but in high school. He didn't know who I was. I knew who he was because he's this high-profile freshman kid starting in high school. When you're a freshman starting in high school, that is pretty damn impressive. And starting at a really big FCS school in the toughest conference in the FCS, the Missouri Valley, going into Iowa State, where you were, you were originally committed to, or I don't know if he was officially committed, but he was going there as a walk-on, and performs like he did against Iowa State. And people are amazed. Like, I saw him do that in high school. I'm interviewing these people. 
and it's really cool. And I, I get nervous every time I do it, but they're really cool. Cause these are really cool, interesting people from all different backgrounds. Like Taylor Luan is from the South. Austin Fife is from Waverly. Will is from Des Moines. Like they're from different, the whole, all of those three P places are completely different than each other. And they're all at the university of Northern Iowa, which is awesome. And I've interviewed all of them. It's, I can call I I joke about this. I say it all the time because I, it's funny listening to radio big radio shows say this. Like friend of the show, I love say that just because it's funny to me. Because I don't know if they've ever listened to the podcast before. If they have, I greatly appreciate it. But I don't know if they have. I really don't know who really listens to this podcast. I don't know what platform you listen to it on. Whether it be on the the Apple Podcast or the Spotify link, I don't know who listens to this. But I thank everybody who does. If they do, if they are listening, hey, thank you if you're listening. If you got this far, text me. You're welcome if you listen to this far. I don't think anybody will. But even if they did listen, I don't think anybody will text me this far in. But it's just so cool. I love this. I love this. So let's actually we've we BS for 25 minutes now. Let's actually get into some talking points. We only got 35 minutes left. Quick maths. Might go a little bit over. I gotta get done soon because. Sporting Kansas City played a night at 10. So we got some interesting stuff going on in the MLS. But first, I want to go over my official 2020 MLB season prediction. Now, remember, it's only 60 games. I was When I talked about I was visiting my old roommates from William Penn, they got a new apartment, so I went to go visit them. Kevin didn't realize they were played 60 games. He said they're going to win 57 games. I was like, heck yeah, I'll take 57 games. Yeah, I, I, yeah, heck yeah, they'll win 57 games. But uh, yeah, here is my official MLB predictions. 2020 MLB season predictions. And I had some random dude tweet me. Uh, When was this? Friday night? Into Saturday? He's a big time Blue Jays fan. He thinks the Blue Jays. Now maybe they will do this. I'm not saying they won't. I'm not going to rule out the possibility but he says the Blue Jays will win 37 games. At this point, today, the Do- Los Angeles Dodgers over-under for wins is 38. So you have that much hi- I'm all for having hope in your team and having hype in your new team with all these exciting prospects when your entire infield is a son of a former Major League Baseball player. It's exciting stuff. You got Hinjin Ryu, who's a Cy Young candidate last year. Was kind of an average pitcher before last year, but you got him. Got some good players on the Blue Jays. I'll give you that. But to say they're going to win 37 games when the best team in baseball, the highest over-under at this point in time is the Dodgers at 38? It's a little ridiculous. I have conversations with people on my Twitter account all the time. I don't know why they tweet me. How they find this stuff. They're literally just trying to start something. I had, so here's my predictions. AL, American League, the AL East, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Orioles. So as I said, big Blue Jays fans, he was very upset that I had the Blue Jays below the Red Sox. And I was like, they're, I don't know, they're, I don't have any records on here. So maybe that's my bad. I didn't put any records on here. So he doesn't know how much better I think the Red Sox are than the Toronto Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are a very young team. I think if you want to talk excitement, there's not a lot of teams that are, a lot, not a lot of fan base that we should be more excited than the Toronto Blue Jays. Likes of Vlad Jr., Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio. Like you got some very talented young players there. 
with a Cy Young candidate last year. The outfield's a little iffy. But infield-wise, you got to like it. Got a decent closer. A good closer. He's a good closer, not decent. He's a good closer. So there's a lot of things to like about the Blue Jays. But at this point in time, they're not better than the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox, yes, they lost Mookie Betts, one of the best, most talented players in the major leagues. Easily. But that's it. They didn't lose anybody else. They lost Chris Sale and David Price, who were absolutely atrocious last year. The Red Sox pitching last year was one of the worst in baseball, and you got their two worst pitchers. Now, historically on them, they won a freaking World Series two years ago. Tainted, yes. Asterisk, yes. But still won a World Series. You got J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, Jackie Bradley's a decent player, Andrew Benintendi, J.D. Martinez. I don't remember if I said him or not, but you got him. You got some, Alex Verdugo is a very talented, young, talented player for the, the Red Sox. Started a lot of games for the Dodgers last year. They're not, they, they're pushing the Red Sox. I might say the Red Sox are only two, one, two or three games better than the Blue Jays, but they're still better than the Blue Jays. At this point in time, what I'm thinking right now, and I had to get this across to this guy, because he kept tweeting me acting like I was saying they're so much better than the Blue Jays. No, I said, I think right now the Red Sox are just better than the Blue Jays. I was like, just quit tweeting me. I'm literally, I don't know what you want me to say anymore. You're a Blue Jays fan. You're not going to listen to anything I say. Everything I say negative about the Blue Jays to a diehard, just any fan in general, diehard fans, It's most of it is going to go one in, in one ear, out the other. You can't say anything negative about anybody's favorite teams if they are an extreme diehard fan, which in some cases those are the worst fans. So never anything comes across. Even if you're not, I wasn't saying anything bad about the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are extremely talented, very young team, one of the youngest in the majors. But they've got good pieces. They're not a good overall team yet. They're definitely not competing with the Rays and Yankees. I'll say that right now. They're not going to be better than the Rays and Yankees. Red Sox, it's a push. I said they're barely better. But he kept acting like I'm saying they're a lot better than the Blue Jays. No, they are just better than the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Chiefs, the Blue Jays. God, they still have talent. They had a bad year last year for Red Sox standards. They had the same record as the Cubs, who had a down year. But nobody's coming at my mention saying, oh, you have the Cubs win the NL Central? Cubs didn't lose. They lost Nick Delmonico. Or Dick Delmonico. Ugh, gross. Ugh. The White Sox. Castellanos. What am I saying? Delmonico from the... Ugh, ugh. Sorry. God, I hate that play. such an annoying player. Not good either. Not that annoying like, oh, you're annoying because you're, you're so good. No, you're annoying because you suck. Not suck. He's better than me. I'm not going to say he sucks. He's not good. Let's just say it like that. For Major League Standard. There we go. Save myself. So he comes back at me later in the future and says, hey, Logan, I listened to your podcast on July 27th. Don't know what the title of it was right now, but we'll talk about, talk about it later. But yeah, Red Sox right now are better than the Blue Jays. This might come back to my... I'm not saying the Blue Jays will not finish better than the Red Sox. As I see here right now, I think the Red Sox are better. That's just where I'm sitting right now. If the Blue Jays are better than the Red Sox, good on you. Cool. I don't care about either one of these teams. I even liked his original tweet because he said they're not going to be better. They're not better than the Blue Jays. I said, okay. 
Sox not better than the Blue Jays with two periods. I even liked the tweet. I said, I have the Sox just above the Blue Jays. They're they're very close, in my opinion. Like, sick. Jays pitching is better, and Jays have better closer, which would go in the pitching as well. But I guess you said it twice, so, I mean, it, it works better that way. But, yeah, then I just had to go on a thing, and he said, no bets, no sale, mean, not better. I said, losing bets is huge. I obviously don't think they'll be challenging for a World Series or anything, but I think, in all caps, they'll be better than the Jays. I'm not saying they're 100 times better than them, but as I see it right now, the Sox are better. And I went on to say, which is why, I don't know why this is not showing up on this tweet. Oh, yeah, here it is. They still have talent on the roster. Devers, Bogarts, Martinez, Benintendi, Bradley, and Verdugo. Uh, we already talked about the potential. Minus bets, price, and sale, who set the price and sale sucked last year. This is the same team that won the World Series two years ago. We're not going to sit here and pretend they are the Baltimore Orioles and the Miami Marlins of baseball just because they lost Mookie Betts. Now, maybe they will be. There's a They might be. I'm not going to sit here and say they won't be that either. So there's a chance in everything in sports. It's one of the positives and negatives of sports because it's unpredictable. Most of the times. Most of the time it's unpredictable. Sometimes teams cheat and do all that kind of stuff. It makes it predictable. But that's just them. The public thinks it's unpredictable. But yeah, that's the AL East. Central, Twins, White Sox, Indian Royals, Rays. Rays, Tigers. I was even looking at Tigers when I said Rays. I didn't even look up at Rays. What? I, okay. I'm lost. I'm sorry. Uh, the White Sox, I talent. Got some really good offseason pieces. Like the Blue Jays, White Sox have talent, but their team is better than the, the Toronto Blue Jays at this point in time. In my opinion, the Blue Jays are not even better than the White Sox. And I think the White Sox might finish below the Red Sox in the AL East. Blue Jays aren't better than the White Sox have a way more complete team than the Blue Jays do. White Sox actually have an in an infield and an outfield. Blue Jays got an infield, got uh I I don't want to say this, but he's kind of an overachiever in Hinjin Ryu. Not saying he's a terrible pitcher, because I think he's a good pitcher, but he was nowhere near a Cy Young candidate in the years prior to last year. He was good stuff. He had good stuff. A year before that, he had a uh, 1.97 ERA. But was anybody really considering him a Cy Young candidate? No. Before that, 377, 388, three, not bad uh, stats by a long shot. Those are good, decent numbers. Not Cy Young candidate. And then this year, went off. 3.22, Second most starts he's had in his career. I think he's good pitcher, but there's always the but. I think he's a good pitcher. Franchise changing pitcher. I don't know about that. He's not a DeGrom. He's not a Scherzer, even though Scherzer struggled against the Yankees in the first day of the season. He's not a Garrett Cole. He's not that level of pitcher. He's a good pitcher, but not at that level. But yeah, I think the White Sox have enough talent and good enough pitching to finish second in a division that's really weak anyways. The Tigers and Royals are two of the worst teams in baseball. Not a lot of teams can say they have two of the worst teams in baseball in their division, and that's what the AL Central has with the Royals and the Tigers. I think the Indians are good, but I think they'll finish just below the White Sox. AL West, there's nothing really to say about the Twins. They're just bash home runs. Astros, A's, Angels, Rangers, and Mariners. Uh, Angels are an enticing product this year. Anthony Rendon, Joe Madden. 
two World Series champions joining this roster. That's been very wins have been hard to come by for the last what 15, 10 years. Mariners will finish last. I'm confident saying that. Rangers. I like some of the pitchers they have. I like some of the players they have. I like Gallo a lot. He's perfect for today's MLB, where we're just focusing on home runs, not really hitting for average anymore. You know, two thirty, but you know, fifty home runs, so it's positives. That used to get you sent down to AAA if you're on that pace because you can't hit for average. Uh, A's, A's will be good. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Simeon, they're they're all really good players. Simeon finished third in the AL MVP voting last year. Like they got a lot of t- some people are even saying Matt Chapman could win the AL MVP this year. They got some really talented. They got some young players on that team too. Astros, I don't know what you want to believe, but Justin Verlander, according to some, is out for the entire season. To others, he or to Justin Verlander, he's fine. But with the Astros, you can never trust what the Astros are saying. So usually go out with the media on that one. <laughs> one of the rare cases you can actually say, I'm going to go with the media. Uh, the NL now, NL East, Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies, and Marlins. Uh, Braves have so much freaking talent on this team. Ronald Acuna, we'll talk about him later, and this is a little spoiler, but whatever. He's my NL MVP this year. Ronald Acuna will win an MVP at some point in his career. I'm willing to hedge a bet on that. Maybe. <laughs> he's got he's rocking the dreads now. Long dreads. That dude's got to win an MVP. That dude is uber talented. That dude is freaking awesome. I love Ronald Acuna. I could care less about the Braves. I really like Ozzy Albies. I really like Dansby Swanson. Everybody loves Freddie Freeman. Like, there's just a talented team. The Mets, power for days. Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil. Jonas Cispedes is back playing DH. Like, the DH set up the Mets perfectly. You got Cespedes, and you got Pete Alonso, who could possibly play DH. Like, oof. You got some good players on this Mets team. They're getting better. They are getting better. National just won a World Series. Their pitching is still the same thing. Now, with the Mets, Syndergaard's out, but DeGrom's still there. So, that's all. DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. So, that's all I really need there. And the Marlins will finish last. I think the Phillies have good players. They got some decent players in the offseason. Got Didi Gregorius this offseason. Got Joe Girardi as a manager now. See how they do with Girardi. But I've got to have a finish fourth again because the team's above them. The NL East is just loaded. Four very talented teams. And all four of these teams could win the division. All four of them have a chance to win this division. NL Central, Cubs, Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates. Uh, Really like the Reds pitching staff. Really like the pitchers they got. Uh, I hate that they got Castellanos this offseason. Loved him on the Cubs. They, they're good. They're going to be good. And it pisses me off to say that. Cardinals, I like Jack Flaherty. Very good pitcher. The rest of the roster, though, most notably their outfield, is not necessarily the greatest thing of all time. You lost Ronald Acuna to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I don't really know what to say about the Cardinals team. They're pitching. I like their pitching. Uh, I like Paul Gold. I don't like. I don't like anybody on the Cardinals. I like how good of, uh, they're. They're good players. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, good. Colton Wong, good. Paul DeYoung, good. Tommy Edmond has potential to be even better. Not then those guys, but be better than what he is now. Brewers, they got Christian Yelich. That's about it. Josh Hader is there. Uh, yeah, there's not really a lot I really like about the Brewers. I think the Cubs have an uber-talented roster that just severely underachieved last year. Uh, 
I'm not a huge fan of their starting rotation right now, but Tyler Chatwood today had a very nice game. Cubs won 9-1 today. Their bats are lively for the Chicago Cubs. That is what's going to save them. Schwarber, Contreras, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Ian Happs teeing off again. Victor Caratini lit up the minor leagues. He can hit home runs. Cubs will be fine. Kyle Hendricks is on his A game. Pitched nine innings opening day. Kyle Hendricks is on one this year. Finally, he is starting as the number one pitcher in the team. That makes me happy. I have been calling for that since I was at William Penn, for having him be the ace of this rotation. That dude is so good and so underrated to the masses of the MLB media. I love him. I love the professor, Kyle Hendricks. And the NL West, probably the the easiest champion to predict, the Dodgers winning it. The best team in baseball. World Series are bust this year for the LA Dodgers. I put the Padres at number two. I really like some of the players they got. Love Fernando Tatis. Hoping for Manny Machado's sake and Padres' sakes that he has a better year and lives up to what his contract was going into this year. Because some people last year would say he didn't live up to his contract. And a lot of people would say the two biggest signings last year, outside of Mike Trucks, he just re-signed, did not perform to their expectations, especially Bryce Harper, who's just now an average player, really. Bryce Harper's on par with Max Muncy. No one's considering Max Muncy an MLB All-Star. At least last year. He might be an MLB All-Star this year. If They're not having an All-Star. If they do the voting thing. Like, oh, you would have been an All-Star. That's where his numbers are. Bryce Harper is on par with Max Muncy. No one loves Max Muncy. I think Max Muncy is a good player. Do I consider him one of the faces of the MLB like everybody considers Bryce Harper? Heck no. Now, Bryce Harper is sending moonshots already. Thankfully for Bryce Harper, the MLB is moving away from average and going into the home runs. Because, good Lord, he cannot hit for average anymore. But the Padres, like a lot of the players they got on this roster, and I think they're going to finish just above the Diamondbacks. Robbie Ray is, according to some, one of the – is one of the – in the – okay, according to some, he is winning the Cy Cy Young this year. He is one of the favorites to win it. He is up there with one of the better pitchers in the NL. Madison Bumgarner came over from the San Francisco Giants who were just completely flaced out of everybody. Buster Posey's out. That's a herder. The Giants are finishing last in the division. I don't think there's a lot of things to say there. Giants aren't very good. We roasted them all of last season, and then they went on those random tears of actually being semi-competent baseball team, and they finished, what, third in the division? Which is not what I was expecting at the start of the year. I think I had them fourth, maybe fifth. The Giants aren't very good. And the Rockies, Noel Arenado, Trevor Story, Dahl. I mean, they'll save them a little bit from coming in last because those three are uber talented. But yeah, I have the Padres, just as a little sneaky pick, I have the Padres finishing second above the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I have Cattell Marte still there. Had a great season last year. See if you can keep it up this year. But I think the Padres finished just above the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that means for the projections for the playoffs, the one seed for the AL is the Yankees, followed by the Astros, and then the Twins. Four seed. So, okay, here's how the MLB playoffs is working now with the 16-team playoff. The first three seeds are the three division leaders, division winners. So the East, Central, and West. The next three are the teams that finish second in the division, and the seven and eights are te- technically the wild card spots. Who's the best out of the rest? 
So we got the Yankees, Astros, and Twins. Then the Rays, A's, and White Sox. Then for the wild card, I've got the Indians and the Angels in the playoffs. I think Joe Madden and Anthony Rendon will bring a nice little energy to Anaheim, to the Angels, back to the playoffs. But Mike Trout needs to be in the playoffs. Like, he has to be in the playoffs. Has to. And then for the NL, and you're like, for 60 games, I think Rendon and Trout can move a team to the playoffs. For 60 games, I think they can do that. Now, were their pitching hold? And Shohei Otani as well. Will their pitching actually hold up? I don't know. That's been a struggle for the A's for a while. Because they get you see the people they brought in a few years ago, Josh Hamilton and Albert Pools, and everybody crowning them the World Series champs. I don't know if they've been to the playoffs since they made those signings. Josh Hamilton's not even in the league anymore. Josh Hamilton was must-see baseball when he's on the Rangers, man. Go watch some Josh Hamilton highlights when I'm on the top of him. Angels, I think, are very – I think they'll make the playoffs as a wild-card team because the A's and Astros, they're very, very, very good teams. They're going to finish above the Angels right now as, as I see it. The NL, I have the Dodgers, Braves, then Cubs, then the Mets, Reds, Padres, and then the Nationals and the Cardinals in the playoffs. Now, I was nervous about putting the Cardinals in. I almost put the Phillies in. I was not thinking about putting the Diamondbacks in. Maybe the Diamondbacks sneak into the playoffs. They're always around the playoffs, but they never usually make it. They're always around. They're like 80 wins, near 90 wins, but just not making the playoffs. Not really doing it. Just stagnating. Just being an average team. The Cardinals, though, I don't know. I, I think they're coming in third. I think the Reds and Cubs are better than them. But they're close. The Cardinals was the hardest one I picked. Because the Phillies might be pushing the playoffs this year. Might be. That was my hardest one. The NL East is stacked with very good teams. The Braves, Mets, Nationals, Phillies. I hyped the Phillies up so much last year because of the signings they made. And they just turned out to do absolutely nothing and finished fourth in this division. I think the Mets would be as good as they were. I think Pete Alonso would be as amazing as he was. I knew about him. He was one of my people I was predicting for Rookie of the Year. Didn't actually say him because I forgot about it when I made my actual predictions. Convenient, right? But yeah, that's my playoffs. Uh, the World Series had the Yankees and Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers, though they always lose to World, in World Series no matter who they get, I think the Dodgers will actually get the World Series this year. And I have Walker Bueller walking away with the World Series MVP because if you're facing bats like the Yankees got, like Judge, Stan, Gleyber Torres, Luke Voigt can jack dingers. Aaron Hicks can hit for power. Gary Sanchez. You got all these people that can smash baseballs. You're going to, a pitcher, if this is the World Series, is going to win the MVP for both of these teams. That's what I'm thinking right now. Yankees got Garrett Cole. Uh, Dodgers, they got a whole staff of people that can be an MVP. But I'm going to go with Walker Bueller. And for the MLB awards. AL MVP Mike Trout, not a lot of thinking there. Cy Young, Garrett Colt, should have won it last year. So I'm just going down on it again. Him winning the Cy Young. Rookie of the year, Luis Robert from the White Sox. He just hit his first home run today. And manager of the year, Rick Renteria, former Chicago Cubs manager. Now Chicago White Sox manager. Getting them back to the playoffs, uh, I think they can go. I think he should win manager of the year. I think that's a very reasonable shout. Uh, Aaron Boone, if he gets the Yankees to the World Series, would I would not be surprised if Aaron Boone won a, a Manager of the Year award this year. Uh, Yeah, like Dusty Baker maybe winning one for the Astros for all the stuff the Astros have put up this year. Probably not. But I'm going with Rick Renteria. Uh, 
I did the same thing for the NL, kind of. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the NL MVP, Ronald Acuna. Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom. Again, best pitcher in baseball. I don't really think there's much debate there anymore. Uh, three straight Cy Youngs, I think it would be for Jacob DeGrom. If the Mets make the playoffs, surely he'll win a Cy Young. Especially without Noah Syndergaard. Because if you have more talented pitchers on your staff, the less likely you are to win a Cy Young. Like, if you look at all the pitchers. I remember when the Cubs had Arietta Hendricks and Lester all running for it. But they wouldn't win it because their staff is was so good at the time when they were winning World Series and being one of the best teams in baseball, but getting destroyed by the Dodgers in the playoffs and the NLCS. <laughs> but DeGrom is amazing. Uh, rookie of the year, Gavin Lux, second baseman for the Dodgers. That's my prediction. I, he's just – I couldn't really think of anybody that I really think could challenge Gavin Lux. He had MLB experience last year. Now he'll just walk away with the rookie of the year. Manager of the year, David Bell for the Reds. Much like Rink Retoria. You get the Reds back to the playoffs, you have to win manager of the year. You have to. Because the Reds, yes, they're very talented, but you have to coach them. They can be the most talented players in the world, but you can't coach them. They won't win anything. So if he does, if they get up there and wins and come in second in the division, maybe even first, he deserves manager of the year. I think you'd also throw in, uh, who else could you throw in? David Ross could easily be, one of those players up there, if the Cubs, turning the Cubs back around, finished fourth, or no, finished third in the division last year, way off the mark. Everybody going in, I've talked about this before, was like World Series or bust this year, and then when they don't make the World Series, everybody's like, oh man, Joe Madden, he should stay. The sympathy effect. If you went on Twitter at that time, everybody was saying World Series or bust. And then when it didn't happen, like, well, I didn't have those expectations. I just have make the playoffs or bust. You don't make the playoffs with that roster. I get there's injuries and stuff. People lacking confidence and stuff. We got to make a change somehow. And David Ross, I think, will instill the best in this player in these players as you see what they're doing right now. And I know it's only through three games, but they look confident. And they look like they're having a lot of fun. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Ian Happ. Loving the DH, universal DH. I think it's really fun for the entire MLB to have it now but now it's frustrating when I edit my MLB the show 18 games because they still have the NL with the no DH thing so I gotta work around that now but yeah exciting exciting times for that let's quickly go over my MLS postseason predictions my round of 16 predictions the knockout stage so for the round of 16 I had the Philadelphia Union beating the New England Revolution which they did one nothing last night or Saturday night for those of you listening on Monday I have Sporting Kansas City beating the Vancouver Whitecaps. I cannot see any world where Sporting Kansas City loses to Vancouver. Now, this is this is being recorded before this game happens. So, there's a chance that Sporting loses this game. But as I see it, there's zero chance. Knock on wood. That's me knocking on wood. Even more. That's a ladder made out of wood. Cannot see it. I've got my Sporting Kansas City jersey on right now. My black one. My favorite Sporting Kansas City jersey. I left my one that they're the blue one with the stripes on it. Not like the, the not sash. I don't they're not sashes, but like the 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 angled stripes, I guess. I have that one up at school. I have four Sporting Kansas City jerseys. I need them to win tonight. I cannot see them. They're they're looking confident. At least they looked confident against RSL. So I think they'll beat Vancouver. And then I had Sporting Kansas City beating the Philadelphia Union in the next round. 
Uh, round of 16 on the other side. This game's going on right now. Toronto FC versus NYCFC. Last time I saw NYCFC was up 1-0. I flip-flopped between this game. I've had high expectations for NYCFC the entire season. And they have not lived up to it. They got saved because a questionable penalty call. And I don't think it was questionable. Terrell Twelman thought it was questionable. For the LA Galaxy against the Houston Dynamo. With Christian Pavone scored the penalty. Sent NYCFC into the round of 16. So this... If the game ended before that penalty, like in the 80, what, fifth minute or whatever the penalty was given, NYCFC would be watching the tournament and Houston Dynamo would be playing Toronto FC. Maybe. I don't know if that would have worked out like that, but right as the last time I saw it, it was one nothing in favor of NYCFC. We will check that right now since we're on the topic of that. See what the score is right now. It's got to be close. It's 2 nothing NYCFC right now. The 69th minute. Well, I was on the edge because I was like, man, I've been going NYCFC all the time. So now I'm going to go Toronto because they have playoff experience and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Means Jack. NYCFC, the minute I drop them, they beat, or as it looks right now, maybe Toronto C has something in them and they win. Toronto C has been one of the weirdest teams in the tournament. Six goals, five goals allowed this tournament. Tied with the New England Revolution on top of the goal score on the 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 group charts, but Toronto or New York New eh, God New England has a struggle. They scored two goals this tournament, but have allowed only one. Now two because they lost. But Toronto's been a weird team, and then Portland I had them beating Cincinnati. I didn't really need to do with a lot of thinking there. But man, Toronto, you can't lose tonight because I had you going to the freaking semifinals. Cause I had you losing or beating the Portland Timbers. That one was a close one. I almost I sh- I'm bad at myself because I had that one too. Toronto and Seattle were two teams that I flipped back and forth on the entire time when I was doing this. Hopefully, Toronto turns it around. If you're listening to this tomorrow, do you know what happened? Because I don't know what happened right now because it's live right now. But, man, hate to see it. Hate to see it. But for the other side, Orlando, I had them beating Montreal, which they did. I had Seattle beating LAFC, who scored a lot of goals, 11 goals this tournament, but have allowed seven. Defense has been kind of shaky. I think that's the most allowed in this tournament so far. Maybe them or the LA Galaxy, because I guess the LA Galaxy did allow six past LAFC when they played. But I went with Seattle there over the LAFC team. I, I flip-flopped that one in Toronto so freaking much. I'm going to be so mad if it ends up with LAFC winning and NYCFC winning. Then I had Seattle beating Orlando. Orlando's looking freaking hot right now. So I don't know if I really like the fact that I picked Orlando, Seattle over Orlando. And then the last one, San Jose beating Real Salt Lake, who looked really good. San Jose were the first team to get their spot locked in the knockout stage. There's been teams that have locked in their spots, but they knew who, what they were going to do in the tournament. They knew where their spot was. They knew who they were going to play. Not necessarily the team, but the teams they could have played. And then Columbus, the best team, the hottest team in the tournament, beating Minnesota United, and I have them beating San Jose. The next one, I had Sporting Kansas City beating Toronto FC. It's Columbus beating Seattle. And then I had Columbus Crew winning the MLS is back tournament. I've heard inklings of a possible MLS season that would end sometime in de- December. Which I would very much like that because I love this tournament. I loved what the MLS has been doing. I love watching the MLS. I've had, I've had like, what? I've watched five Sporting Kansas City games this year and it's July I love watching Sporting Kansas City games. But I've watched five of them. 
Gonna be six tonight. I'm gonna stay. I'm getting tired, but I'm gonna have to stay up for that. We got 50 minutes till that game starts. But yeah, that's my MLS is back predictions. The reason I didn't go too in depthly on that is because my Premier League predictions. The first time I have looked at them all season long. We are July 26th. I have not checked these things all year. Since I made these, I don't know when I made it. I'm going to go to my finder real quick and see when I made this thing. Go to the list thing. Premier League predictions, August 9th, 2019. So almost a year ago, I made this. And good Lord, these are the worst predictions I've ever made in my entire life. Which, to be fair, this Premier League season was not the most predictable. Most soccer seasons weren't the most predictable seasons. But this one, I usually credit myself on knowing soccer and following the Premier League my entire life, essentially. Manchester United was on the TV all the freaking time. Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez, Ferdinand. Great team. Jeez, I am my stomach not... Dude, I'm burping all the time right now. But this is terrible. Absolutely atrocious. Bottom of the league, the worst prediction out of them all, Sheffield United finished in ninth. I had them finishing 20th. Which, to be fair, is not that far off because to compare to what everybody else thought, this is bad because I shouldn't... I should, we should be different than what everybody else is. But Sheffield United didn't do it. They signed freaking Ravel Morris in this offseason. If that tells you anything, what I thought of their ambition this season... I thought they finished dead last. Ravel Morrison, a flop for Manchester United, who supposedly at the time was more, more talented than Paul Pogba, the former most expensive player of the year in the in the world, not of the year, the world. And now he's at Sheffield United after he's washed out in Mexico, in Italy, in England multiple times, and now he's at Sheffield. I was like, there's no way. Even some of the players they signed. Like, I think they signed Ollie McBurney this offseason from Swansea. I don't know if they signed him this offseason or two offseasons ago. I know they signed him because I remember him at Swansea. But it was just players that are, like, uh, just average. I'm not going to compete for anything. And they showed resiliency. They allowed 39 goals this season, which is rivaling that of the top three. 39 goals puts them fourth in the league for allowed goals this season. Now, they didn't score a lot of goals. They scored 39, which is towards the bottom of the league. But 39 goals allowed is extremely impressive, and Dean Henderson has proven himself to be the rightful heir to Manchester United's number one jersey. Rightful heir. England number one eventually, Manchester United number one, hopefully next year. I love David De Gea, but ever since 2018 World Cup, he's lost all of his confidence. Uh, 19th, Brighton. Uh, Graham Potter. Scared me a lot at the start of the season because they were playing really good at the start of the season. Then they kind of slowed down a little bit. They only won nine games, which is the same number of wins as Bournemouth and one more than Watford. So they might have finished in 15th, but realistically, they weren't that far off from finishing in 19th place. If you look at wins, they got lucky on some draws. They drove 14 games, which is the joint most in the league with Arsenal and Wolves. Like, Brighton were so I I don't know they have some good they have some decent players they're playing some attractive soccer attractive football whatever you want to call it at the start of the year but yeah 15th I'm not gonna lose sleep over that but I would like it to be right 18th at Crystal Palace every single year 
I think Wilfred Zaha is going to leave. And then he never leaves. He never leaves. And they finish somewhere around 14th, like they did this year. When's the restart happened? They absolutely sucked. They got pounded by everybody. They drew today. So congratulations on the draw today. Good stuff from you guys. Got a nice little draw against Tottenham 1-1. But Tottenham secured their Europa League spot, getting a better result than Wolves did. Wolves lost to Chelsea today. But that's not great. I Crystal Palace, if they kept Zaha, I made sure to emphasize this when I talked about this on my show, was if they keep Zaha, then yeah, they can be right there with the best of them. Yeah, or not the best, but not be relegated. 17th, Norwich, well, the worst, one of the worst ones as well. Not really where the placement is, but they had 21 points. They allowed 75 goals. They scored 26. The place is not far off, but if you think, they, if you look at the standings right now, from 20th to 17th, they are 14 points behind 17th place. That's how bad they were. And at the start of the season, I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. Team Upuki scoring goals. They're actually looking like they're playing with some confidence. Bollocks they were. They suck. 21 points. Relegated like two weeks ago. 17th. The placement's not terrible, but the amount of points differentiating differentiating from 17th to 20th is insane. 16th, I had Newcastle. They finished 13th. Expectations for Newcastle at the start of the year were not the highest. They just... Lost Rafa Benitez, had Steve Bruce come in. Not very exciting manager, managerial hire of all time. Not very high expectations. Joel Linton did not live up to expectations. Miguel Almiron has flattered to deceive, to flatter to deceive most of his time in Newcastle, coming over from Atlanta. Still very talented, but Newcastle, I had them staying up three spots off. Not upset about that, really. 15th, I had Burnley. They finished 10th. Nick Pope played out of his freaking mind this year. They weren't a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they played decently. Just typical Sean Dyche soccer. Nothing flashy. 4-4-2, old English-style soccer. James Tarkovsky, old-school English center back. And then Nick Pope, who a lot of people thought was a one-season wonder and has played very well, just got beat out by... Ederson for the Golden Gloves this season. Disappointed by that. Uh, I, I, Burnley will usually finish around the 10, 11, 12 mark. 15 is a little low for Burnley. They had a down year with the Europa League last year. I think not having that made them go back to where they're used to, for their standards recently. Back to that, I guess. Uh, 14th, Aston Villa. They finished 17th. I liked some of the signings they made this offseason. I liked Jack Grealish. I liked the Tom Heaton signing. Then he got hurt. Uh, I like John McGinn as well. John McGinn has an absolute cannon on his left leg. I'm glad they stayed up. Uh, Grealish showed all the confidence in the world in this team. Grealish is a great captain. Let's just say it like it is. Jack Grealish is a great captain. You may not like what he does off the field, but his off-the-field stuff does not distract from what he does on the field. He's a, he's not David Beckham, but he's similar to that respect to David Beckham. The stuff David Beckham did off the field with the fashion, the paparazzi, the going on the talk shows and everything, never distracted him from what he did on the soccer field, which was absolutely dominant. Should have won a freaking Ballon d'Or. Didn't, though. Jack Grealish willed Aston Villa to 17th. They were in dead water 
when the restart happened. And then they just stayed up. Jack really scored the freaking goal that made them stay up. I mean, Jack really is going to leave this summer, but or this offseason, but man, Aston Villa legend, really, for what he did to Aston Villa. And Bournemouth, Watford, Watford is stupid. You fire a manager two games left in the season, no hope at all for your team to stay up. And Bournemouth just looked dead in the water, no confidence in the players or anything. But yeah, Watford, you're stupid. Uh, we'll get to them in a little bit. But first, we got Bournemouth and Watford, 13th and 12th. Terrible, absolutely terrible predictions. Bournemouth, I thought would be better because I, I like Bournemouth. I like what Eddie Howe does there most of the time. Ryan Fraser had himself a great year last year, linked to Arsenal. I don't think he's getting linked to Arsenal anytime soon. Or actually, maybe he is. Arsenal isn't the greatest team in the world anymore. But he's getting linked to there. Dylan Brooks is talented. Josh King's going to get a decent move. Callum Wilson was linked to 60 million pound moves to Chelsea. And they finished 18th. Ramsdale's going to get a move this offseason. And Watford... Don't know why I had them as high as they did. Uh, they fire managers left, right, and center. They have a very itchy trigger finger. And, I mean, they have talented players. De La Feu, Pereira, Ismael Sar. They have talented players in this team. But their defense sucks. 64 goals allowed this season. Now, they only scored 36. But 64 goals allowed is not anything to write home about. Southampton 11th got that dead on. Dead on Southampton 11th. Danny Ings balled out this year. And they came 11th. Good job. West Ham 10th. Nope. I liked the Sebastian Haller signing. I thought, oh, crap. What was this dude's name? The, uh, Pablo Fornals. I almost forgot his name. Uh, I liked those signings. I thought they'd do a lot better than what they did. They sucked a lot this season. They struggled at times. So I thought they would. Li- I thought Sebastian Haller coming over would be awesome for them. It didn't really work out that great. With Mikel Antonio being the main striker towards the end of the season, playing out of his mind at the end of the season as well. Tenth, a little off. Ninth, Wolves. Uh, I thought Europa League would hurt them a little more than what it did. They finished seventh and almost finished in sixth, just on goal differential. But it didn't. I knew they'd finish in the top half. That was really obvious. But ninth, uh, I a little undervalued them a little bit. Number eight, Everton, twelfth. No, they, they have some talented players like Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Lucas Digne. They'll make some decent signs this offseason, but their center backs are not great. They allowed 56 goals this season. Pickford's erratic as hell. Uh, but, yeah, I had higher expectations for them. I'm not going to lie. Seventh, Leicester. They finished fifth, so not far off. Uh, I really like Leicester City. Love Jamie Vardy. Um, I like a lot of James Madison, Ben Chilwell. Casper Schmeichel's freaking awesome. I love Casper Schmeichel. Johnny Evans, former Manchester United player. I just didn't know how they'd do without Harry Maguire. I didn't know how Kaglar Sionku would do. This was his first season starting. He did not play a lot last year. Harry Maguire partnered Johnny Evans the entire time at Leicester last year. Sionku barely played. So when they didn't go out and sign any center backs, I was a little skeptical. But they still had talent on their roster. So I kept them in seventh place. Telemans and Didi didn't even mention those guys. They have talent. They just got Iosi Perez from uh, Newcastle. So I was like, oh, yeah. Seventh, I think they'll drop a little bit. I don't remember where they finished last year, but I thought they'd do, I don't know, fifth. I didn't see them finishing fifth just because of the Harry Maguire thing. But they are a resilient team, and Brandon Rodgers got the best out of them for most of the season. They get put nine past Southampton. They finished freaking 11th. And only in minus, and ironically, had a minus nine goal differential. 
Uh, six, Chelsea. They finished fourth. Um, Matt, Frank Lampard, first-year management, no transfer ban. Or transfer ban. Didn't have high expectations for Chelsea, but their young players balled out. Pulisic balled out once he got back and healthy and back into the team. Defense still sucks, but need to figure that part out. 54 goals is easily the most in the top half of the league. Not easily, if you can include Burnley in there, but everybody else, that is a lot more than a lot of teams in the top half, especially if you just look at the top five. But Chelsea, the transfer ban, the not really get it. You didn't have a lot of players, really. And it was interesting to see how the young players would adapt to the, playing full-time in the Premier League when none of these players really had a significant time in the Premier League, like Mason Mount, like Fakuo Tamori, like Reese James, like Tammy Abraham. It only Calum hunts with a doy really as well, who I don't really know is that good anymore, if I'm being honest. Like your strikers are Tammy Abraham and Olivier Giroud. Not a lot of people look at that and go, ooh, 50, 20, 25 goals a season. No one really sees that. So I didn't really know what to expect from Chelsea. They finished sixth. Or finished fourth. Uh fifth, Manchester United. Uh the signings they made in the offseason. Loved the Harry Maguire signing. I really enjoyed the Daniel James signing. But I just didn't – I don't know. They, If you had told me back before Bruno Fernandes signed that they would finish fifth in the league, I would have called you crazy, let alone third. Bruno Fernandes is insane. That dude is world-class. I think, if I'm being honest, congratulations to Harry Maguire for playing all 38 games. I think, honestly, Bruno Fernandes, he might be the vice captain. Bruno Fernandes is, would be a great captain. He was for Sporting Lisbon. I think he'd be a great one for Manchester United as well. Uh, just, yeah, I, I don't know what I thought that. I didn't know what Paul Pogba was doing. That was another big thing. They didn't make any real central midfield signings. The center, center mid was all up in the air. The way they played against Chelsea was awesome when they beat them 4 nothing. It was just, I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of great hope. I loved Aaron Wan-Bissaka, another great signing as well. But fifth, I thought that was fair to United. Finished third, great job. Uh, fourth, Arsenal. They finished eighth. Uh, the meme back in the early 2000s was Arsenal always finished fourth. Always finished fourth. You have Aubameyang, you have Lacazette, you got Pepe, but you got David Luiz, and then you got Mustafi. Just completely useless defenders. David Luiz could be a good holding midfielder, but not central defender. I love the Tierney signing. I really like Burned Leno. I just thought they'd be better than eighth place. They had Reese Nelson coming back. They had some very talented young players that have very talented young players. They had a huge bust up. Unai Emery, just not a great manager in England. Could win in Spain, could win Europa Leagues, but that's about it. Third, Tottenham, finished sixth. Uh, I didn't. I could not tell you I saw Mauricio Pochettino getting fired. That surprised me. But, yeah, battled some injuries throughout the squad, throughout the entire season. Uh, third, might have been a little high for them, but I still think they have insane talent on their roster uh second liverpool they won the league manchester city first i just couldn't put liverpool top that was an emotional struggle i had i could not put liverpool on top of the league i could not mentally i could not do it i was like i'm i refuse to do this i absolutely refuse to do this i could put manchester city top of the league because they'd won the league in the past 30 years Liverpool had not. I could not honestly say I'm going to predict Liverpool to win their first title in 30 years. I could not do. I could not stomach that. That hurt a lot, and I didn't like that. So I didn't. I ended up not putting it there because I didn't feel comfortable doing that. 
It sucked. I did not like it. Uh, but that's my Premier League predictions this season. Manchester City, terrible title defense. Sorry for Bournemouth, Watford, and Norwich and getting relegated. Uh, congratulations to Sheffield, Brighton, and Crystal Palace for staying up. Top of the league, uh, pretty pretty accurate for the top of the league. Everybody on the top half, barring West Ham and Everton, actually made the top half. And you look at the top seven teams in the league, you just flip those teams around. You have pretty much the exact same order. But yeah, then we have my awards. Golden Boot, Harry Kane, no. Jamie Vardy, congratulations to Jamie Vardy. Clean sheets, though. Ooh, Ederson, let's go. Top assister, Kevin De Bruyne, let's go. We got the awards right. Let's freaking go. Got those right. I don't know what the hat tricks one. I didn't. I don't know what the hat tricks is. But Kevin De Bruyne, 20 assists. Let's go. First player in all time to have 20 assists in two different leagues, Bundesliga and the Premier League. Kevin De Bruyne, top assister, clean sheets, Ederson. Let's go. Only time I'll ever cheer for Manchester City anything is that. The only things I got accurate on this list were the awards, except for the golden boot, and I don't know about hat tricks. I don't know who scored the most hat tricks this year. But, yeah, that is my 2019-2020 Premier League season predictions. And with that being said, let's close it off here. I was going to look at the Serie A a little bit. Juventus won their ninth title in a row, but nothing really to look at there. Lazio still suck, but they've started winning of course, since Juventus locked up the league. But yeah, we're going to shut down the show here. Uh, We will be back Tuesday. Sorry for no video, but I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you all tomorrow. Peace.